Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Easy Conversations podcast, a podcast about having easy conversations. I'm your host, Furkan Dandia. In this week's episode, I'm excited to welcome Jose Alejandro. Jose is a men's life and leadership coach, impact-driven marketing strategist, somatic practitioner, men's work facilitator, and apprentice rite of passage guide. He is the founder of Intentional Impact, a program focused on helping driven men increase impact and income with intention and integrity. He is also the co-founder of Modern Renaissance Man, a movement empowering modern men to create the life they love. Through brotherhood, leadership training, transformative experiences and resources, they inspire men to unapologetically express their truth and own their power with an open heart. He bridges his personal life experiences and hero's journey with his training and somatic experiencing, trauma-informed coaching, men's work, breath work, ancestral wisdom, and rites of passage to inspire leaders to own their stories, release limiting beliefs, and embody their truth. In this episode, Jose shares his story from his childhood and experiencing his parents' divorce. We then discuss Jose's hero's journey leading him back to his family's heritage in Puerto Rico. Jose then shares his leadership style, why he wants other men to lead with impact, intention, and integrity, and what those words mean to him. I really hope you get a lot out of this episode, and please find Jose on Instagram at rjose underscore Alejandro. If you could leave a five-star review at the end of the episode, I would truly appreciate it. All right, Jose, welcome to the Easy Conversations podcast. Thank you for coming on here and having this conversation with me. I'm super excited. I've had the opportunity to firsthand see some of the work you're doing, but I'm hoping you can share that with the listeners today. And uh, yeah, so before we get started, I want to give you an opportunity here to introduce yourself and maybe tell the listeners what it is that you do. Yeah, beautiful. Well, uh, really grateful to be here. Um, it's been great to to connect with you over the past year. Um, and what do I do? Um, well, I'm a men's life coach and leadership guide. Uh, that's like the easiest way that I can explain it. Um, and a lot of my work is obviously focused on supporting men and empowering men and embodying their truth and living their vision. Uh, and I've found throughout my journey and in my journey with working and working with men that in order to do so, in order to fully express our truth, to own our truth, to embody our truth, uh, there's a lot of inner work that's required and not just mental inner work, but also embodiment work and somatic experiencing and all the things that come with releasing old limiting beliefs and patterns and Patterns that go way beyond the mind, but into the body. So a lot of my work is focused around that. And that is deeply reflected in the lives and the leadership and the work that men do. Now, how do I do that? With a little more um, context, uh, I'm a men's rite of passage guide. So I take men out on wilderness rites of passages and support them in transitioning from one stage of their life to the next. It doesn't have to be from boy to man, but a lot of men haven't experienced an initiation or that sort of transition in an intentional setting. So that's something that I do in my work. Um, like I said, the coaching 
and then also um, through my organization, Modern Renaissance Man. So Modern Renaissance Man is, uh, we like to call it a brand because we realized there was a gap in the space where you were either an organization doing uh, cathartic releases in a dungeon or you were doing um, uh, more of the like surface level uh, uh, like mastermind or community stuff. So we kind of created a bridge where we do retreats, we do experiences, um, we have an online brotherhood and really just allow men the space to connect mm -hmm. and to experience coaching and all the things that I mentioned initially without feeling like they have to, you know, pay $20,000 for a coach in order to um, go through that journey. Yeah, yeah, no, that's amazing. And thank you for sharing all that. Was there any point in your life that you had to go through that journey yourself? Because quite often, you know, what I see is we end up doing it ourselves. And then we're like, Oh, this is amazing. I and I want to share it with other people. Was yeah. that something you came across yourself? Absolutely. I mean, that was that was my catalyst. You know, it's a, definitely a pain to purpose story. Um, I'll start off by saying that 12 years ago, I got my bachelor's in psychology, but it wasn't until five years after that where I actually worked with a therapist, right? The irony there. It was, it, I understood everything conceptually. I was obsessed with psychology. I mean, I, I, uh, I just really immersed myself and understood everything related to childhood developmental stages, to attachment styles, to just all of it. But five years after that, you know, I moved out of my house. My parents got divorced literally or separated four months after I moved out. My relationship was going through a really rough time, a uh, rough patch. I was not fulfilled in my, in my um, corporate job and I was overstayed. So I had intentions on being an entrepreneur and I just was afraid of making the leap and didn't know what the next step was and didn't trust myself. And all of this happened all at once. I think definitely moving out of my house and seeing my parents divorce after moving out kind of brought up that five-year-old um, when they first, the, they divorced the first time, you know, that, that part of me that felt responsible, that part of me that felt like um, it was my fault that they stayed together, my fault that they separated and all of that started showing up everywhere. And it wasn't, it wasn't like the other areas of my life found, uh, 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 like, it wasn't like it catalyzed new problems in other areas of my life. Mm -hmm. It just revealed the stuff that was already there. And uh, that was my catalyst, you know, it was, what do I do? I mean, I understand all these things, but I can't uh, seem to show up and uh, they don't seem to be reflecting in my conversations, in my conflict, in my in the way that I feel. I was right. like, okay, let me go see a therapist. And uh, I mean, long story short, we'll dive deeper into whatever you know aligns. But went to a therapist. The therapist definitely supported me over the course of you know uh, probably like a year to dive deep and understand like all of those stories and just have a safe space to share it all and mm -hmm. hear my own. It was almost like hearing myself talk about these things and get those like aha moments of like, Oh shit. Wow. And, uh, that was powerful. Mm -hmm. That took me into, um, men's groups. Mm -hmm. So, 
I will listen to a podcast where co-founder of a men's organization has said, you know, uh, men's groups are an essential piece to any man's journey through life. And I was like, what? You know, first thing I thought of was, uh, you know, uh, Fight Club, where he just kept hopping from a meeting to a meeting. And I'm just like, okay, I guess that's what it is. You sit in a circle and you just like yeah. share your problems. Um, but when I went to one, it was like, it didn't go as deep as therapy, but there was something so thera- therapeutic about it that, you know, hearing other men um, share what they were going through, hearing other men share that they had gone pa- gotten past it, and then being able to share um, how I felt and what I was going through and feel someone genuinely empathize with me, not in a clinical way, but like in a bro, I've been there. Like, or shit, I'm there. Like, looks a little different, but I'm there. Mm-hmm. That that just took me down the rabbit hole, right? Uh, and uh, that led me to apprenticeships. That led me to looking for other men's groups. And that led me to realizing, like, psychology and my interest in that when I was in college was just an expression of, like, my interest in healing myself and healing others. So it's it completely started with me needing it and wanting it and craving it and then this desire this burning desire to share with the world because like mm-hmm. if this helped me how many other men could this this support so yeah absolutely yeah and and men's group have definitely come up a lot in this podcast too uh i'm part of a couple myself and it's it's powerful stuff to, to your point there's an aspect of brotherhood that we don't necessarily get in our day-to-day lives so to have that opportunity of going in unconditionally feeling seen heard and valued it's so important to build that connection and and one of the things you men- mentioned along those lines was the rite of passage why is that so important for men uh and if you yeah share that a little bit yeah that's a great question so um i'll start off by saying that some of the best movies uh, and by best, I mean, you know, the numbers, the numbers speak for themselves, but I think the ones that are classics that people always refer back to for myself, you know, like there's movies like Lion King that I'll watch again now that I'm, you know, 30, 30 years old. And it was my favorite movie when I was three. And every time I see it, there's a new message in it that just awakens something in me. Uh, movies like a little more grown movies like a gladiator right one i watched when i was a teenager and was like whoa and then now i watch it there's elements of principle of values of integrity that just like really evoke something out of me that i didn't understand when i was younger Mm -hmm. right it was like okay with lying lion king for example you know his father gets killed he carries the shame believing that he's the one that's responsible for it he goes into the darkness he loses himself or denies his role as 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 a king, right? To the point where he forgets that he's meant to take that role, and uh, and then he goes through this dark night of the soul, this awakening. But he's not king yet. He's got to come back and reclaim the throne from yeah. a place of service. I mean, he could do the same thing as Scar and say, "I want to be king for my own selfish reasons." But instead, he does it because there's a bigger purpose um, and everyone's kind of reflecting back to him like, you know, the jungle depends on you and he's got to fight Scar in order to claim that throne that I, I literally watched them. I used to have the V8 
VHS and then the rewinder next to it. Uh, and I, I literally probably had like five because every time I rewinded them so much that the, the, the tape would come out. And that part of me, there was a part of me that was evoked. Like I was just like resonated with that. Like, oh man, like so cool. And I think all of us have that um, within us. All of us want to see what we're made of. All of us want to experience that threshold, but not all of us uh, are willing to do so, right? We, we often watch movies, we watch sports. I mean, if you think of football, yeah. right? The whole concept is to break through, right? You're breaking through into across the threshold. Once you cross the line, there's like this enthusiasm that everyone reflects or projects onto the person who actually did it. Rites of passages, you know, are really uh, a part of our of our of all of our lives. I mean, when we lose our virginities, that's a rite of passage. When we heart experience heartbreak, when we, um, you know, have our first get our, have our first girlfriend, or when we, um, you know, graduate high school, when we graduate college, these are all rites of passages. Mm. But when you think about you know, uh, rites of passages in our culture, like all of our ancestors, we all experienced, they all um, had some sort of nature-based rite of passage. Yeah. And the focus of this was to create a healthy transition from boyhood into manhood. And when I say boyhood, oftentimes we think, I know I've thought, boyhood is a, a human being that looks like a child, right? But the lack of rites of passages have actually created a a almost like a, a a blockage in adolescence where we have boys in men's bodies yeah and they're acting from this place the selfishness i mean now if you look at the layers scar why did he have this like jealousy over over his his brother um being king well probably started when he was a kid yeah his cousin was getting all the light he was destined to be king things that you know i'm sure whoever wrote it thought about but really it's a break in the psyche from that boyhood like oh this happened to me or this is for me to i'm responsible whatever role that is that i'm meant to play maybe it's not king i'm responsible for stepping into that fully unapologetically with all my power, all my truth, and from a place of service rather than Mm self-serving. So rite of passage in the context of men's work and and the wilderness uh, journeys that, um, you know, I I work in are really focused on creating intentional settings for that transition. Yeah. Because a rite of passage, like a, a, a fraternity hazing, for example, there is an element of rite of passage there, but they're in uninitiated men, initiated men. Yeah. So there is a lack of intention. There's a lack of in- integration. There's a lack of understanding who we truly are before the process even starts. One thing we like to say is a four-day fast in the desert is a four-day fast in the desert unless you give it meaning. Right. So the the whole point um, is to bring meaning back and bring some of those ancestral elements so that men can transition in an intentional way 
without without you know uh, w- with the context of where we are in today's day and age i mean there's a lot of rites of passages that created maybe more harm than good right yeah. but the intention was there um that aren't relevant today so mm-hmm. it's, it's more about just creating an, a space and a container to induce a little bit of trauma with some intention um so that you can find out what we're made of you know conditions for clarity is really uh, the 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 element knowing what you're made of those two things i would say are the core piece of a red passage yeah yeah no thank you for sharing that and and so much you covered there and i appreciate the using that lion king analogy because there's a lot of mythologies where you know there is that idea of rites of passage whether um you kind of look at some of the ancient stories too that have been handed down or passed down to us there's always that element of taking ownership and stepping into your role. Uh, but the other thing you touched on is is not everyone's meant to be king and we need to be open and accepting of that. Uh, and I think that's part of the problem in a society today where, you know, you've got men looking at other men at the top and they're like, I want to be that. And if I don't get that, that's failure. And then, you know, they kind of fall into this depressive cycle. And it's very unfortunate because we all have a gift that we can embody and, and share with this world. And we just need to step into that. Yes. And, and then as far as you touched on the whole aspect of intention, impact, uh, integrity, one of the recent things you did that I was uh, grateful to be a part of was that one week challenge. Um, do you want to touch on that? Like why are those three eyes so important for you? And, and <laughs> why is that something that you want to embody in the men you work with? Yeah. Well, thank you for a- for asking that and uh, honoring you for joining that challenge. It was really great to have you in there. Um, before I answer that question, you brought up something really beautiful. You know, the the now everyone gets to be king. I think what rite of passages have taught me, just for my in my own journey, is that I get to be king of my own life. Mm-hmm. I think that's the the core yeah. of of rites of passages. It's like where are you not being king of your own life because you're so focused on being king of others mm-hmm. for, for, for ego-driven reasons, right? Like you just said, the man at the top, I want to be that guy because he gets all the glory. He gets all, he has all the power. He has all the women. He has all the money. And that completely draws us away from the opportunity to be a king in our own lives. So yeah. I just want to add that piece because we all get to be kings, but... Uh, like you said, you know, society makes us believe that king is this this person that holds all the power, and uh, everyone's always fighting for that. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, thank you for adding to that because I I agree with you. We can all be leaders in our in our lives in our communities. Uh, there's so much we can do, even in like our family units, uh, and and our neighborhoods. There, there's opportunity everywhere to lead. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, beautiful. Well, uh, intention, impact, and integrity. Um, I think with that being said, it's perfect transition. And I think that's, I'm, I'm assuming, and maybe even subconsciously, that's why you brought it up, right? There's an element of we all make an impact in our lives uh, and in others, mm-hmm. um, aka we are all leaders, aka we are all kings. I think um, for me throughout my journey, I, I had trouble owning 
that I was a leader in the spaces I was already in because, again, I was paying attention to being a leader according to what I thought the ultimate leader was, right? Whether that's corner office, higher salary, the right car, um, all these different things. I got caught up in that and I wasn't paying attention to how I was making an impact on my parents, Mm. on my partner, on, you know, uh, for example, when I first started my men's group in my living room, there was five men there. And there were moments where I got so caught up in like the vision that I had down the line of like a hundred men. And, you know, just blessed to have been, in a space we've created with a hundred men. So we have gotten that to that point. And there's times where I got so caught up in that, that I would be, I would, I, I would lose presence in the moment and the impact that I had on the one man that was sitting in front of me on the, on the five men that were sitting around me on the man that was making an impact on me, you know, maybe creating an opportunity for me to evolve and grow. So impact has been a big piece for me because I realized like we all want to make an impact in some way. Um, You could replace that with purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And not purpose in the sense of my work, but purpose in the sense of the essence and my truth and my authentic expression delivered through my work, right? right? Uh, We all want to do that. And uh, for me, uh, one of the things that I, I have struggled with the most and uh, continue to reach a threshold around, hence why I try my best to just like share this as I navigate through it, is making a deeper and greater impact, a bigger impact without compromising intention and integrity. You know, that's, that walking that line is, is, is not easy. You know, it's it's one that requires us to sometimes sacrifice quantity for the sake of quality. It requires us to say no to four yeses, to, to four no to four things in order to say yes to that one right one. It requires us to sacrifice it looking like it looks like for someone else so that it can look like the greatest version that it would for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's those are things that you know, someone asked me the other day, integrity, like, what's your relationship with that? Because you speak about it so much. And, and I told them, I'm always out of integrity. And uh, not in the not in the sense that um, that's my excuse for why I dropped the ball, but in the sense that if I'm a man with a vision and a desire to bring a gift into the world and make an impact around it, there's always going to be a gap between who I am today and who I'm becoming. So I'm always out of integrity in the sense that I'm committed to finding my edge and committed to finding where I'm out of integrity so I can move towards that. And I have men around me and support system around me that calls me on my bullshit because I do have a lot of fucking blind spots. Yeah. So once I share that, you know, it allows me some space to realize like integrity is not this thing you master. Intention is not this thing we master. It's this thing we practice. Mm-hmm. And I'm just in the practice of making an impact, keeping, uh, you know, staying grounded in integrity with my vision, with my intention, and uh, remembering my why, which is really the intention. You know, yeah. it's easy to get caught up on IG, for example, hence why I created that challenge. Like, how often I, you know, just think about, fuck. You know, why is this not working for me? I got to try it again. I got to try it again. And then I realized, I look back like, shit, this wasn't even in alignment. 
with me. You know, I, like that's not what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I lost complete sight of like doing it in this new way that felt good for me. Yeah. So I created that challenge to just support other men around that journey. And uh, I learned so much through the challenge. That's the beauty. Like there's, you know, 40 men over five days and guys had breakthroughs and uh, had challenges and edges that showed up. And some of them that were mirrors for me, like, oh, shit, yeah. You know, I can answer this question and I saw myself do this last week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's beautiful. And, And to your point, I think. It is easy to lose sight of of the goal because we're trying to focus on what that vision needs to look like in the future. And I've had similar experiences, whether it's even in corporate jobs where I want this leadership position, but then it's bringing it back and recognizing that, again, leadership can be how I want to define it. It doesn't have to be a title someone else gives me, but it can be how I show up for, to your point, my family, my friends my community. And, and that's something I've been able to do myself, even through the men's groups, right? To your point, it's so easy to lose sight and be discouraged when you have five or six guys show up because okay. you have like that 40 number in your mind. And, and it's bringing yourself back and being more present in the now rather than focusing on the future. And, mm-hmm. and, and the other thing you touched on as far as our edges, because one of the things I've started to realize is if we don't know our edges or if we don't test them out, we limit ourselves. We stay within this narrow window um, of opportunity without realizing the greater potential that's out there. Is that something you encourage? And and what do you see when people are able to step into their edges, including yourself? Yeah. Great question. Um, There's there's this quote, one of my favorite books, you know, way of the superior man, uh, that's the title of the chapter is uh, know your edge and don't fake it. Right. Um, and when I, what I understand from that, just, just based on my own journey is, um, you know, so often we can live according to uh, someone else's edge and then shame ourselves when we can't hold, uh, hold the life that they're creating for, you know, for ourselves. And on the other hand, um, so often we don't know our edge because we don't dare to explore beyond our, our edge of comfort. I mean, for I'll speak like about something that I've been navigating through recently that, you know, I've gotten really com- comfortable and I don't say this in a bragging way, just, mm-hmm. just really feels, feels good to, to own it. I've gotten really comfortable being in spaces with men um, and supporting men around uh, things that I've navigated through. Um, and also being vulnerable when I can't, right? I've gotten mm-hmm. comfortable around that. And um, that has allowed me to create a living. That has allowed me to create a beautiful community. That has allowed me to create beautiful relationships. And what I realize is there's a new edge for me, right? Mm-hmm. And one of those new edges was coming to Puerto Rico and bringing this work here and speaking and speaking, you know, about it in Spanish, right? For example, and uh, that little boy in me that you know moved moved to the states from Puerto Rico when I was five and would come on the summers and get made fun of because I was no longer from here. Yeah. That little boy arose and he was like, "No, if we go to Puerto Rico and start talking about this stuff, they're gonna be like, get the fuck out of here." So that was my edge, and you know, I could have easily stayed in the comfort of like, you know just 
you know, back in Jersey or just my online community, not, not stretch out past my edge here in Puerto Rico, but that would do no one any, you know, that wouldn't be of service to anybody. So finding my edge there was having conversations, uh, saying, saying the wrong words, saying the words wrong. You know, it's, uh, uh, there's been this journey of like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, uh, new in this space. I've got to create trust in a different way. There's different experiences that people are having. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, there's a part of me that's afraid that I'm not going to be understood or accepted similar to how I felt when I first started my men's groups and uh, was looking for a way to explain to men why it mattered and why it was so such a powerful thing to join. So I say all that to say that um, if I didn't move towards that edge, uh, even even though what other people see from the outside as like, bro, you're already doing some incredible things. You got people in your community, you've built MRM. It's easy to... Uh, you know, lower my standard, right? Our edge is also our, st- our standard and it continues to evolve. Lower my standard, not because, you know, there's, there's a, it's a lesser standard, but I've reached a certain place where my edge is no longer, you know, connecting with men and make, and creating a circle and diving in. My edge is bringing this work to Puerto Rico. And mm-hmm. if I didn't explore that, I wouldn't have learned that um, this, this work is, know so important here so necessary and um so many opportunities are opening up because of it so i believe that a man must find his edge in order to know what he's made of in order to know who he is and in order to leave nothing on the table you know i always think of like what does living your edge mean well it means no, it means being at your deathbed and knowing you gave it your all and everything that was out of your control, you met it with an open heart, you know, mm-hmm. like everything that was in your control, you, you gave it your all. Like there was no, there was nothing left on the table. So, yeah. um, I, I think it's literally what, what makes a man, uh, yeah. the man that he's meant to be. Right. Right. And, and you wouldn't know that unless you tested those edges and how you respond to, to those edges. Right. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And, and I guess I, you did touch on it briefly here, uh, but why was it so important for you to go to Puerto Rico? Like, obviously, you know, you, you want to share some of the work you're doing, you see the value in it, but why go back? Right. Right. So, yeah, I was I was born here. Um, and I think throughout my journey, I, I think this happens for many, it's going back to the Lion King story, right? It's like the more work we do on ourselves, the more is revealed about who we're meant to be. And I think there's this natural pull. I'll speak for myself, but I yeah. think I've seen it in, in, in many, um, there's natural pull to come back home. Right. Mm-hmm. Almost like to to come back home and either like learn more about ourselves, you know, our ancestry, um, learn more about our family, learn more about, um, you know, uh, how how we're how what we are in the culmination of all our experiences perhaps has some mark to leave 
it behind where we're from. So there was this deep calling to come back. And I wasn't necessarily clear on what that would look like, but I kept having visions that would scare me, you know, mm-hmm. and I would have these visions of like, um, you know, doing the work here, having a retreat center. And then all these messages came that like just confirmed it. But on a deeper level, I will say, you know, um, there's there's some family history that has impacted me and has impacted many Puerto Ricans, you know, um, just there's, in Puerto Rico, there's a lot of femicide. So, you know, mm-hmm. domestic violence that leads to, uh, you know, homicide. And yeah. uh, it's it's a problem, you know, yeah. uh, and I think it's a problem in many countries. And it's something that impacted my, you know, my late grandfather and his his wife after my father's mother. Um, so it, it's impacted me directly. You know, my grandfather committed hem- femicide after catching his partner, uh, his wife at that time, uh, che- cheating on him in the act, right? And that was a deep generational trauma that mm-hmm. I've had to heal and have had to, and continue to heal, have healed alone, have healed with my father, um, have healed in my relationship with my mother, because there is also an impact there that she had from her father, not to that extent, um, but to the point where, you know, she, she, uh, a lot of her expression while I was growing up was a, a, a trauma response to her Mm -hmm. father's, um, uh, behavior. So all of that, you know, it's interesting that has all unfolded while I've been here. Like, fuck, this is also part of the reason why I've, I'm here. And I didn't even know this. So mm-hmm. I'm having so many conversations with men here who I think we're all capable of that. If we don't have the emotional intelligence, the understanding of, uh, of, of the danger we can, we can, we can create on, on, on our community and others. If we're not aware of the range of our anger and our emotions, and I've spoken to so many men that uh, see that they're capable of that and don't want to be. And yeah. just knowing that I'm here to create space for that. And I'm, and I'm not the only one, um, but I know I, he- I have a part in it. So just, mm-hmm. just really honoring that. And that has just solidified the reason I've came. And uh, also just, Connecting back to my roots, my grandparents are an hour and a half away, an hour away. So there's the simple stuff that in the present moment just feels great to be that close to my grandparents, to be close to nature. Um, And then there's the deeper stuff that I think, you know, uh, the universe has its way of bringing us where we need to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, And thank you for being vulnerable about that. So uh, that's that's very impactful. The, the last thing I did want to touch on with you and you talked, we talked about integrity and, you know, as, as men that are doing work, we still t- tend to get sidetracked by our ego. And then for me personally, at times there's shame around having those moments where you're letting your ego run the show. Um, because it's like, well, I'm doing all this work. Why is my ego still <laughs> involved? And, and I've come to terms with it and, you know, convince myself that's part of the journey. That's always going to be the the yin and yang, the balance with the ego. What are, what are some of your experiences and how do you manage those moments when, when you fall out of integrity, like you mentioned? Uh, beautiful, beautiful subject. And I'm really 
glad you brought this up because uh, a big element to modern Renaissance man is style and self-expression. And when we look at style and self-expression, I think at the core, it's our truth. It's like purpose, right? We're just, uh, we're finding a canvas. Sometimes it could be a painting. Sometimes it could be our clothing or sometimes it could be the words that we use and the cultural references, right? Those are all expressions of, of our truth and they take a, a almost like an identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, for some time, same, you know, there's moments where like, fuck, I'm doing all this work. Why am I still attached to this thing? Or why is my ego still showing up? And I think, I don't think it ever goes away. And I don't think we want it to, you know, it's, uh, there's a, the, integrating it allows us to express ourselves in a unique way. You know, if I, if I was born 500 years ago, uh, I wouldn't be on social media. Um, I wouldn't, uh, I probably wouldn't be a coach, but one thing's for sure. My truest expression, my essence, my, my truth would express itself in a way that I think would, um, be, uh, focused on supporting others on, on being mm-hmm. of service in some way, as long as I did the work to peel the layers back of the ego and understand what's at the core. And then I could take those pieces and say, well, maybe I, maybe I, I'm, uh, um, you know, uh, I don't know, a chef or a, who knows what it is, right? Those are all expressions of the ego and and MRM. We always like to say like, bring your unique self-expression. Like we will question it. And by question, I mean like we, we will ask you questions that allow you to understand that allow you to see what's truest for you and what resonates the most and what you're hanging on to because you feel like you have to versus what you're, you're, you're carrying with you because it aligns, right? Mm-hmm. Hanging on to versus carrying with you. I think that's literally like the, 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 the differentiator there around like the ego dominating our lives versus mm-hmm. the ego coming along for the ride and allowing us to express our truest selves in a way that's unique and and uh exciting think of music right like yesterday i was i was i was watching an interview with rick rubin and uh rick rubin's is like master producer not in the traditional sense but he just sits in a room and he's like you know what pull out this chord uh make this section acapella or what if you add a solo here and when i was hearing him describe like creativity Mm-hmm. It was just so interesting uh, and listening to songs that he's created, like all of them, uh, he helps people fully express their truth. The way he described, he didn't use the word ego, uh, but he did, he did say like he wants their most authentic expression to show up in their work. And he's there to remove all the layers of bullshit that's getting mm-hmm. in the way. And sometimes that means... Uh, telling their friends they can't come to the studio because they people some artists tend to create music for their friends when they're in the studio right Right. sometimes it means having them in the studio because some artists express themselves uh, better when they have people around them Uh, but what i saw there was an, an element of like connecting to their most authentic expression but sometimes he works with artist with with rappers or with um rock stars and in the songs they're sharing their parts of their identity as well and that identity is you know the ego it's the part Mm -hmm. of them that they know talking about the streets talking about this talking about that but they're doing so 
with their most authentic selves. So I think that's like really ultimately what we all want is we're human beings living this experience. If the ego wasn't meant to be there, it wouldn't be there. Right. right. It's yeah. more about integrating it so that um, we can express ourselves in a unique way while sharing our deepest truth, which is really the deepest truth that we all we all have. You know, we all want to be loved. We all want to, um, you know, be admired. We all want to be of service. We all want to make an impact. Um, so I found that really interesting. And I, and I found it easier to navigate and face off with my ego when I look at it not as an enemy, um, although some books will, will that have very powerful information will make you believe that, but look at it as something that uh, a passenger I will say. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And, and while you were sharing that, I think another thing that came up for me with the ego is, is often once you get to a point where you're aware of it, it, it gives you more information because often when it does get in the way, there's something that we need, we haven't dealt with. And, and that's where the ego can provide us with information that, Hey, there's a situation here that you you probably need to heal or deal with because your ego is taking over. Right. right. Yeah. Well, Jose, I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much again for coming on here and taking the time to have this conversation with me. As uh, usual, I allow the guests to share how people, if they want to get in touch with you, how they can find you, whether it's social media or online. Yeah, beautiful. Well, it was an honor. I'm really grateful to, to have dropped in and had this chat. Really beautiful questions and reflections and um, if anybody's interested in my work or just uh, more of, you know, this conversation, wants to join the conversation, Instagram is usually the best place to to find my stuff. My website's currently being redesigned and launching in a couple of weeks. So any other info will be linked on there in the in, on Instagram. And that's Jose underscore Alejandro. And, um, you know, I try to share as much about my journey and what I'm doing on there. Also, you can check out a little bit about Modern Renaissance Man if you're looking for uh, a brotherhood that uh, brings together coaching, training, self-mastery, resources, and just community. And you can check that out at themrmofficial.com. Most of the most of the things that we spoke about today, you'll find in one of those two places. Yeah, and, and then do you mind sharing a little bit about the, the retreat you're doing in the Amazon? Yes. Uh, so um, I, I work a lot with indigenous uh, cultures and, and just uh, different spaces. They've allowed me to really come back to my, my true nature and understand, you know, who I am at the core. Rites of passages are one of those things as well. And, uh, you know, the Amazon, um, I was there in April uh, with the Zapata community and the Zapata are one of four of the one of the main four indigenous groups in Ecuador. Mm -hmm. um, and we just saw this beautiful opportunity to bring elements of my work with men uh, with the elements of just nature immersion and uh, cultural just uh, experience and bridge all those together to connect men with their true nature in mother nature. You know, I think, Oftentimes, society makes us believe that if we connect to our to our inner nature, aka our masculinity, our wild, our 
our power, our, our uh, fullest expression, that we are a danger. But coming back to rites of passage conversation, the truth is that not knowing our true nature, not integrating our true nature, and not uh, knowing our edge is actually the cause of, you know, most of the the ailments in our lives, the ailments in community, the the danger we create in the planet. So this trip in February is all about just bringing men back to their nature, in nature. Um, and and uh, a lot of the guys that have been signing up, you know, city boys that want to connect to, to, to nature and bring back these, you know, ancestral ways of living. And that doesn't mean come back as hunter-gatherers. Really the core of this retreat is to help men strip away the modern conditioning that we've thought um, is the only way to live and, uh, and uh, you know, connect back to the truth of who they are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that as well. Thank you. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll be chatting more in the future, but yeah, appreciate it. Thank you, brother. It was a pleasure and uh, really honoring you for the work that you do, uh, for just how you show up and make an impact on not just men, but just other individuals. I've definitely been uh, excited to see what's what's on the horizon for you. So uh, grateful. And maybe we could do this again in the future. Hope you have a beautiful rest of the week. Thanks. You as well. And I appreciate that very much. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. As always, please subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy the episodes or leave a comment in the comment section. I always love hearing from you. Thank you again. And until next week.